You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Mavs. Welcome to the Locked On Mavericks podcast. My name is Nick Angstead, writer at MavsMoneyBall.com. And I am joined by no one because I am just so hyped right now after this game tonight. The game last night, the Dallas Mavericks versus the Boston Celtics, the streak almost ended. The Mavericks almost came and ended the Boston Celtics streak of 15 games. It was an amazing game to be at. It was a great game to... Uh, to take in, it was, man, in the AAC, there was probably, I, I thought it was a third Boston Celtics fans. I mean, there's just green everywhere. And with the with the blue Maverick stuff, it just shows up so much. You can just tell. You can pick people out, you know, all over the place. Like, green, 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 green. There's green shirts all over the place. And then, there's all those Mavericks, there's all those Celtics fans that probably didn't wear Celtics stuff or wore other kinds of stuff, you know, like, or wore jackets that were covering their Celtics stuff. So there was, I mean, it was probably a third Celtics fan. So down the stretch in that game, and if you didn't watch it, this is a game, at least the second half, I highly encourage you to go back and watch it somehow on on NBA, uh, you know, rewind or, or something. Go back on your league pass or whatever you got. Go. I'm sure they have it up on Reddit, you know, and NBA streams and stuff like that. I'm, I'm sure they have it up there somewhere you can find. So go back and watch this game if you did not. It is fun Mavericks basketball again. It is back. The last couple of games, I mean, oof, that game against the Minnesota Timberwolves, the second half, we haven't talked about it because I'm just going to be honest with you guys. After that Minnesota Timberwolves game, I think it was Friday night, I just, like, it just hit me in the gut. And if you've listened to this podcast for a long time, you know that I'm not the biggest Mavericks fan. Like, I'm not, I didn't grow up a Mavericks fan. I can't claim that I, you know, grew up loving the Mavericks. But, man, that just, that game just hit me in the gut. It, because the Mavericks and the the Mavericks were with them in the, in the first half. In the second half, they get beat sixty eight to thirty two. In that, I mean, that takes all the air out of the arena. That takes all the air out of the locker room. And I walked into the locker room and I just look around and I go, "Man, this is the saddest one of the saddest locker rooms I've ever been in." You know, I haven't been in many, but just <laughs> to look in there, talk to the guys, look at Dennis with Junior in the face after his team is his. Two, two and fourteen. I mean, they have the same exact record as the the Mavericks, like area code. When you call a phone number, like that is just it's terrible. It's awful. They're the worst record in the NBA by a pretty wide margin, and or at least a couple of games. And then they get a, a you know a huge loss like this. Like that was that was just a gut punch. And then these last two games have really revitalized. You know my you know I guess. NBA dumb. <laughs> Not that I'm, I'm ever going to stop loving this league because man, this league is awesome. Uh, one thing I want to get to before we, before we continue about this, this Celtics game. And then also I'll, I'll mention the, uh, the Bucks game as well. I think that the Bucks game was more to me, just the Bucks laying an egg than it was the Mavericks actually winning the game. But before I get to that, I wanted to say that there was a play tonight that Joel Embiid had, and I was in the locker room talking and 
to Nerlens about it, and I said, "Hey, did you see what Joel did tonight?" And he goes, "No, what that dude do?" <laughs> and I, I was just like, "So, you know, he was, you know, Donovan Mitchell was driving on him. Joel Embiid swats it out of bounds, gets all you know, super, like, uh, you know, hyped about it, and then he, get, you know, yells in his face like Joel does, and then Donovan Mitchell gets back up and pushes Joel Embiid, and Nerlens looks at me and he was like, "What?" And then Joel Embiid falls down, and as soon as he falls down, he he gives Donovan Mitchell a tech. And Nerlens was like, he did not, he did not, and stands up and jumps up and literally jumps and runs out of the locker room. He's like, don't even show me that. I want to get on that right now. And he leaves the locker room. <laughs> it was just a great moment and really funny uh, because, you know, he, he loves those guys back in Philly. He had, you know, he had a tough time back in Philly with the team and everything, but these guys, you know, still love each other. They're still friends. You know, they still are, you know, we're teammates and all this. So it was really funny to see that. And Joel Embiid's a guy that, you know, I love, and I'm sure a lot of you guys love. So, but before we get to what we're going to talk about today, which is the Celtics game and also a little bit of the Bucks game, I wanted to talk to you about a new sponsor for the podcast called My Bookie. And ever since we started this podcast, you know, people have always been asking for advice. You know, who should we bet on? You know, who should I pick in fantasy drafts and all this stuff? You know, should, you know, <laughs> obviously people aren't asking me about the Mavericks, but, you know, football stuff comes up every once in a while. And so, so let me tell you this for all these people that have been asking about this. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, you know, because you need to get to the right place. Basically, like if you go to an, an NBA arena, not every, every NBA arena is made equal. There are different NBA arenas that are bad, different NBA arenas that are great. And this is the exact same thing. So that's why I always tell people to go to mybookie.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. That's just the straight up words, LOCKEDONNBA, for up to $100 deposit bonus. Yeah, 100% deposit bonus. There are a lot of online sports books out there. MyBookie AG is the only one that gets our stamp of approval from Lockdown Mavericks. And you know that I don't, I don't give that out lightly. We don't have a lot of, you know, a lot of uh things that we're just we're just, you know, promoting out there. A lot of things that we're just like, "Hey, you guys should just go and do this." But this is one thing that you should definitely do. So, I've got to use them personally and MyBookie AD AG is by far the best sports book I've ever used. MyBookie.ag has been in this business for years and their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses. So right off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. You're just straight up making money. And they have the fastest payouts, just literally two days. It says it right on their website, 48 hours and you'll get a payout. It's no different from, you know, going to going to Las Vegas. You know, I went during summer league and you go and you see all the casinos and all that. And it's fun to be in that atmosphere, but it's ex- the exact same thing on mybookie.ag. Go there, place your bets, tell them I sent you by using the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Get over there. It's the best odds anywhere you can go. I looked it up right now. You can go bet on the Cowboys game right now. The Cowboys Thanksgiving game right now is a pick 'em against the Chargers. That is a tough game because we're not sure about Tyron Smith still. You know, Zeke Elliott's obviously out. You know, we have this this terrible loss that they just had against the Eagles. This might be a comeback game for the Cowboys. This also might be the, the week that the Cowboys finally realize, oh, man, like we aren't as good of a team as we thought we were. You know, we not. And I'm not sure if we know about Sean Lee. Somebody will probably yell at me about that saying, like, he's definitely out or something like that. But there you go, mybookie.ag. Go check him out. Good stuff. Go bet on the Cowboys if you want, if you're one of those crazy fans. So, all right. <sighs> this Boston game, Kyrie Irving is, if you've never seen him in person, and I'm sorry for all the people in Dallas that have missed him now that didn't get to go see it last night, but Kyrie Irving is a must-see in person. It is, 
His handles are incredible in person. Just to see the angles he goes through, to see the way that he dribbles in and out, and the hands that get on the ball. That's the craziest part to me. And I was I was talking to Yogi about this. It's like, Kyrie Irving can dribble the ball, and then someone could get his hand on the ball, and he'll be able to just turn it just a certain way that he can keep control of the ball. And it's, it's incredible. I, I also saw this. Uh, that Steph Curry is doing a master class, which if you haven't seen these master classes, they're like these online video classes where people like Steve Martin do, did one on comedy. You know, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of people. Steph Curry did his on shooting, obviously. And he said that the one of the best ways in, you know, the quickest ways to improve your shooting is to improve your ball handling. It's all about how you have the ball in your hands. It's all about how you can handle the ball, which totally makes sense. You're handling the ball even if you're, you know, you're, you're taking a shot. It's all about the feel. It's all about, you know, your positioning. It's all about how you can just, you can feel the ball and how you move around with a feel. And so Kyrie Irving just has that, man. And it is, he has probably done so many reps in just this God-given talent. It is incredible. He was just incredible tonight. I mean, 47 points. It you know in the first quarter he was six for six. I think it was also I think he was also two for two from the from three and like four for four from the free throw line. I mean, he, he was just crazy going out there. It was a uh, it was a great game to watch from him. But on the other side, Harrison Barnes also had a, had a great game. He was 10 for 21. He had 31 points. He had six boards. He went to the free throw line 10 times. So all of you people that are getting on Harrison Barnes for not going to the free throw line, especially in the first half, especially whoever was running the Mavs Moneyball uh, Twitter, I definitely I definitely subtweeted them on that, and they called me out on it, which is really funny. But he got to the free throw line 10 times. Only a couple assists for him, but still, he was getting to the line. He was doing the stuff that he, you know, he needs to be doing. And uh, these this the final shot that Harrison Barnes got off, Isaac and I have been going back and forth on these and these clutch moments from Harrison Barnes. And it's not necessarily that he is clutch, but these moments in the clutch when it's a clutch situation, we've been going back and forth and mostly just me thinking like, man, some of these seem for like forced shots. And because he is the de facto best player on the team. And for all of you thinking, isn't Dennis Smith jr. The best player on the team? Like eventually he will be, but right now he is not. And this is one of the games where you can, you could definitely tell he had a rough game, but we'll get to that. Harrison Barnes in crunch time, when you know he's asked to to uh, to take shots, some of them, some of these shots seem forced, and some of them just seem like they're you know within the offense or that he's actually getting up a good shot. This one, to me, like yeah, they had the extra time; they had about 16 seconds left or something like that. Harrison Barnes, you know, dribbles the ball, he, you know, at the top of the key, which I have never really been a, a big fan of. I know coaches and everybody like this. And this is probably not something you know a unpopular opinion that I have about about basketball but in the end of the game when you have you know when you have the ball and you're you know you're down or something and you just dribble out the 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 clock for like 10 seconds I just don't think that helps anybody I don't know if I've I don't know how many times I've seen somebody just dribble out the clock for 10 seconds at the top of the key and they just not get a good playoff or just not you know not get a good shot off so that's probably just a personal thing for me but I I don't know if I like that. So Harrison Barnes does that. He dribbles the ball out for, I don't know, 10 seconds or something like that. Then he attacks. And I think he, he it was Jason Tatum, I believe. And so he attacks Tatum. He gets a step back three on the left. He gets a step back jumper on the left side. It was probably about 13, 14 feet. It was actually not even too far out. He gets it. He steps back to the, steps back to his left. He takes the jumper. It just, it just hits the back of the, the, the rim and then Marcus Morris gets this massive rebound. I mean, just a huge rebound on his part. 
and then they force overtime. Obviously, they have 0.4 seconds, something like that, and then force you know overtime because the uh, the Celtics couldn't get a shot off. Then in the overtime, I mean, it was just pff, like the Mavericks just didn't have anything there. They got outscored, you know, 16 to or 14 to six. So that last shot, though, I I was curious because Isaac and I, like like I said, have been going back and forth about whether these shots are forced shots or whether these are designed plays or whether you know Isaac even even tweeted me. He said, you know. Is it Carlisle called or was it, you know, Carlisle, you know, suggested or, or something like that? He said, did Carlisle pick the play or did Carlisle pick the play? And so it was asked of Carlisle what did he what he thought about this that that last play. And instead of just reiterating it, let's just hear from the man himself. No, I like that look. And look, we, we had to get the last shot. We didn't want to give them another shot. There was a slight difference in the shot clocks, but, you know, um, we get that one in that would be really tough for them. But I did like it, managed the clock well. Um, things right online, just just unlucky. Everything was online and just unlucky. You know, 40% three-point shooter is a really, really good three-point shooter in the NBA, that, you know, right now. And there's just something to be said about luck in the NBA and in life. You know, ball bounces a certain way. The Mavericks definitely could have won this game. And like, like Carlisle said in that quote, that he did like that shot at the end. He liked his clock management. So, you know, obviously differing from opinion on, on you know, mine. But like that shot at the end, like that, it almost seemed like he designed it up. But, you know, I don't think we can definitely say that he did design that shot or that he did say, you know, Harris Martins go out there and get us a bucket. I think that just sort of happened in the flow of that of that play, and that was just the best possible opportunity because Dennis wasn't out there. You know, maybe you could have run something for Dirk. A lot of people are saying they really wanted something to be run from Dirk, you know, that Dirk wanted to get that shot. And so let's hear from the man. Let's hear from the tall baller from the G about that last shot. And uh, should he have taken it, or did he like what Harrison Barnes threw up? We got our best player with, with the last shot uh, to win against a team that's incredibly hot. So I, I think you, you take that. Uh, he had a good look, had a step back, and uh, from where I was at, actually looked pretty good. And then over time, we weren't very good. Um, they got rolling. Uh, we missed a few shots. Uh, uh, made a few bad plays. And, um, it's, uh, it's tough. We lose a game like this where we battled. Uh, one of the best teams in the league, and we're right there, and we just couldn't close it. Isn't it still w- weird to hear Dirk say, you know, the best player on our team because <laughs> for forever it was him and he couldn't say that about literally anyone else on the team, like not even close for a long time. It was just him, him. Like he was the only guy on the team that was even remotely good <laughs> or, you know, for the last couple of years at least. And then, you know, even in the championship years, you know, there was nobody on the team that was even close to being in Dirk's caliber. That's the whole thing about, you know, the last honest championship and all that stuff we were talking about during our, our finals flashback series is that Dirk was the best player. And now for him to call Harris Martin's the best player is it's, it's sort of funny to, to hear, but it's also kind of sad in the same right. But I won't, I won't, we won't get into all that. So got that, you know, got that shot off. Now, Dennis Smith Jr. in this game, he – he had a rough game you know let's just lay it out there this was one of those rookie games you hit the rookie wall he was four of 16 from the field missed all four of his threes didn't get to the free throw line once you know uh five rebounds and, and four assists that's pretty good and uh eight points in 26 and a half minutes so the stat sheet says you know he had a decent game three fouls no turnovers a block and a steal he was plus five for the game so the 
stats straight up say that he had a, a decent game, but the shooting was just not there. And then if you watch the game, you just knew he wasn't in at the right times. He was being held out. He did start the, you know, he started the game, then he started the second half as Carlisle always does, and most teams do. They start their starters in the second half, sort of just a reset of the game. But then in the overtime, Carlisle started. He started uh, JJ Barret instead of Dennis. Then he started Yogi instead of uh, Maxi, who was who had been starting in the you know the first at the beginning and then in the second half. So he started JJ, Yogi, Wes, Barnes and Dirk obviously and so you wonder you know JJ was out there obviously because he was playing a lot better than than Dennis and and Isaac and I also talked about this all year that Dennis that JJ Ray is a better player than Dennis Smith Jr. right now now people are going to come at us and they're going to say stuff but obviously Dennis Smith will be a better player than than JJ is you know or ever was hopefully but right now JJ Bray is a, a great NBA player. He just is so crafty. I mean, this the way he gets to the basket is is honestly Kyrie like in, in certain ways, even though JJ is a lot older than Kyrie. Also, shout out to JJ for getting the community assist award for his his efforts in Puerto Rico. Uh, we had been putting up his, you know, relief fund up there in the bio. I'll put it back in the description of this podcast so you guys can can give to that if you still want to help Puerto Rico. There's still a ton of stuff that needs to be done there. A lot of people are still without power. Um, so yeah, if you want to help out JJ's family as well as, you know, RIP Jiverson, if you want to help out his family, uh, he is no longer on the team, but we can still help him out and help out his family. So I'll put that link back in the description of this podcast. So JJ Berea started overtime and Dennis Smith Jr. Got, he had, he had one possession that I thought was really, you know, effective for him. And I was really encouraged by it was one of the final possessions of, of regulation where Carlisle just put him back out there. I can't remember how much time was left, but it was less than you know three minutes, less than two minutes. And he puts him out there. It was an offensive possession. And Dennis basically gets the equivalent of a tip out twice. He gets two basically two tip outs. One of them ended up going out of bounds because it was deflected again. But he, he just it hustled for the ball. And I thought that was just great to see from, from Dennis. You know, he's having this rough game. He didn't start the overtime. You know, he's, he's struggling. It was actually in the end of overtime. Let me, it wasn't regulation. Let me clarify that, that he goes out there, you know, they have, they have a chance potentially if they get the ball back, they get a three, they're down two, they're down one, something like that. And he goes out there and he is just jumping all over the place for the ball. I mean, you honestly, you could have put Dennis out there instead of like a Salah or instead, you know, maybe not Salah, but instead of like a Dwight Powell or instead of, you know, Maxi or somebody like Dennis could have just gone out there and just jumped as high as he could and probably had a better chance at some of these, these rebounds that were coming down. And I was very impressed by him just, just to come out there and keep playing, even though he, it was a tough night for him. He didn't start the overtime. You know, that's got to be demoralizing. You're this guy, this next guy, you, you have this, all this confidence in the world and then you just get basically taken out by Kyrie because <laughs> he just completely overshadowed you and he completely, you know, outplayed you. And that's got to be a little demoralizing for a guy with so much confidence. But he comes out there in the overtime when he did end up coming out and play and he – you know, tip those balls. And I, I just really, I, <laughs> did I just say that? Shout out to the slang gang. And, uh, you know, he tipped the, the rebound back out for another shot and then he tipped the ball again, but him and Marcus Morris, I think got into it and, uh, the ball ended up going out of bounds. So I just really like that, that possession from, from Dennis. Last thing I want to talk about is, uh, is what, you know, so Dennis is having this rough game and, you know, it would be easy 
for you know him to, to hang his head, like I said. And it would be easy for this entire team to do that. And Eddie Sefko asked Carlisle. He straight up just asked him, you know, when it's, when it's going rough like this, don't you just want to hang your head? And Carlisle literally stopped him. This happened twice tonight. And, and Carlisle, if you guys have never heard a Carlisle press conference, he, he sort of, you know, interjects here and there, and he'll stop you from asking a question. He's kind of pop-like in that sense, where he's just very, you know, very direct. Sometimes he'll just answer with a one-word answer. You know, doesn't really, you know, give a ton. But in this one, he stopped Eddie Sefko right in the middle of his question when Eddie started to try to ask him, you know, when it gets tough like this and you're in the season that's really hard, do you just hang your head? No, we can't, we can't, shake, we can't shake our heads. We got to, you know, I tell our guys, we got, you know, we got to give this, we got to mourn this game, give it to midnight, and then we got to look, look ahead. We got to look ahead to Wednesday. And we got to keep moving forward. We're making progress. We just, you know, we just aren't putting the kind of wins on the board that that we feel we can. And uh, the only thing that short circuit us from more progress is to take our eye off the ball in terms of making more progress. And we stay in that process, you know, we, we will win our share of games. I kind of want to know what he thinks their share of games is. And that's not a question you're going to ask, especially because he did not seem like he was in the mood for <laughs> for certain questions tonight, but you kind of want to just ask like, what's the projection? You know, will you want to give us like an idea of, I just wish we could be in that room sometimes where, where Rick and Donnie and Mark are, you know, Cuban are sitting in there saying, well, we'll probably win this many games this year. Like at this point, what do they think? Like, what do they think is a reasonable amount of games for them to win this year? But it's interesting. You said they're making progress. I think they are making progress. I mean, the games are getting closer. Obviously, you know, the, the Timberwolves first half was good. And then the Bucks game, like I mentioned earlier, I think, you know, that they played on Saturday. I feel like it was more of a referendum on the Bucks than it was on the actual on the um on the Mavericks, but you know, still a good game for them. You know, they were still able to, you know, to pull one out uh, and win that game. So, was impressed by the Mavericks tonight and how they played this team, but you also got to think on the other hand that you know that the Celtics are going on they're on a 15 game winning streak, now 16 games. And they got to be getting tired, you know. The, all these these teams are coming after them. They've played some really hyped up games, you know. They played the Cleveland, they played against um, the Warriors recently. That was a huge game for them. So you have to think about that as well. They're on the road, but uh, so back to the hanging their head idea, or the shaking their head, is that you know Dennis when he gets down, he's having this tough game like this. You know, what does a guy like Dirk Nowitzki? What does he? You know, what kind of you know advice can he give to him? And there's a specific play that I saw where Dennis tried to, you know, pass the ball in to the post to to Dirk. And Jalen Brown was right, you know, in front of Dirk, basically. And he cut him off, and he basically got the ball away. And then Dirk ended up fouling him, or he, or Jalen got a, call, a foul called on him, actually. And then Dirk comes over and tells Dennis something. He's talking to him. He's explaining something to him. And then Dennis is on the right wing. He's basically as close as he can be to the Mavericks bench. And J.J. Barea stands up. And I thought J.J. Barea was going to come in for Dennis. I thought he was actually going to be subbed in. But instead, J.J. just comes up to Dennis and talks to him from the from the sideline. Doesn't take out his warm-ups or anything. And just says, you know, something to him. You know, and just explaining something else to him. And then he sits right back down. And Dennis is taking this all in. And that that's the exact reason why you need vets on this team. You know, people are saying, you know, we should trade Devin Harris. We should trade J.J. Barea. But that's the reason you have those guys. Because in these tough moments, you need somebody that's been there, been in the finals, somebody that's been in playoff games, somebody that's 
been on the biggest stage to come in and just say, you know, something, whatever they said to them. And so I wanted to know. I wanted to know what, what Dirk said to him. And so I went up and uh, I asked him about it. And this is what the big German said. Dennis had a rough game for his standards. During the game, what kinds of things are you telling him to encourage Just him? keep attacking. I mean, he's best when uh, he puts his head down and plays plays aggressive and assertive and, uh, and just goes full speed. Um, you know, it happens. It happens. There's a lot of games in this league, and we're not going to be on every night. Um, but we're rolling with him. He's, he's our guard, and we want him to uh, keep attacking and keep pushing. And um, he's after. After games like this, you just uh, stay positive, keep your head up, keep working. Come in the next day with a fresh mindset and work hard and, and get, try to get better. I love that he said he's our guard. I just love him coming out and being like, you know what, I'm gonna, we're standing behind this guy. And you have to give the Mavericks credit in that. They have been behind their guys. And besides this whole Nerlens Noel saga, the guys that they have been behind, the Harrison Barnes, you know, the, the Dennis Smith juniors, they have been behind them a hundred percent. They have just been, and, and obviously Dirk, I mean, Dirk is still starting. Dirk is still, you know, on the team. They've, you know, done the whole contract thing, but they have stuck by these guys, these specific guys that they call their own. They stick by them no matter what. And, you know, they're unwavering. And this wasn't an awful game from Dennis with Jr. I'm not going to pretend to you like he had a, the, the worst game in the world. But, you know, Dennis needs to keep being aggressive, like Dirk says. He needs to, you know, continue to, to take the ball to basket. Zero free throw attempts. I feel like that was in, that's indicative of how he, you know, did in the game. When when you're not able to penetrate as, as, as much as you want to because this team is tough, man. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, those wings are no joke. And then you get in the paint and you're facing now Horford, who's a really good positional team defender. And you get into Aaron Baines, who's just a big dude that, you know, stands in the way and is, you know, pretty smart on the defensive end. Then you bring guys off the bench like a semi Ojale who got a pretty good standing of it. He got a pretty good ovation from the crowd, I thought, which was which was cool to see. And then Marcus Smart, man. Gosh. What can be said about Marcus Smart that hasn't already? There is a group of Mavericks fans that really wanted to get Marcus Smart on the Mavericks. And dude cannot shoot to save his life. Like him and Lonzo should just start a, a support group for, for people that can't shoot. But him and him and Lonzo and Shaq probably. And God, the guy was one for nine, I think, from from three, and ended the game two for eleven because he hits that three late. And oh gosh, <laughs> was talking to was talking to a player in the locker room about it, and he just goes, "Man, that dude could not hit a three all night, and then he hits that one. You know, just he, he hits that one, and that is back to the luck that Carlisle was talking about. That is a lucky shot because that dude cannot shoot." <laughs> He just cannot. He is one of the worst, you know, starting guards shooting in the NBA. Like him, him, Rondo, and Lonzo should just all hang out together and uh, and not play pool or not, you know, do like go to a, a gun range or anything like that. Like they should just stay away from all of those types of activities and do other things together. Gosh, they should start a club. There was another play that I also wanted to talk about. Ah, Dirk. Dirk got a mouse in the house play. He had a couple mouse in the house plays tonight where he just, you know, is posting up either when it's it's on, you know, around the free throw line or it's somewhere in the post or something like that where there's a, a guard on him. And one of those times, it, lo and behold, finally, Shane Larkin. <laughs> oh man. And it had to happen the next game after the, you know, Giannis comes comes back to Dallas. And if you don't know why this play is, is big and significant in the Mavericks history, in the recent history, is that the Dallas Mavericks 
GM, Donnie Nelson, that we've talked about a lot. He really wanted to pick Giannis in the 2013 draft. Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is, you know, probably the runner-up, if not the MVP this season, who is 22 years old and just a stud, like a, a unicorn that we've never seen before, a player that is just as unique as you can possibly be. Donnie Nelson wanted to draft him, and Mark Cuban wanted to go after Dwight Howard and Darren Williams when they were on the trade market or when they were on the free agent market. And so they wanted to go after those guys, so they needed to create some cap space. So instead of drafting Giannis, they traded the pick, and they did all these things with the cap, and they ended up getting Shane Larkin. <laughs> and they ended up getting Shane Larkin, and he was, you know, guard, and he was fine, whatever. But ended up, you know, not working out too much, as a lot of mid-first-round mid players do. He ends up leaving, and so now Dirk Nowitzki then, you know, shoots over Shane Larkin and makes the shot, and it was just sort of... You know, a karma experience, at least for me. There's some sort of there's a moment of Zen there. I don't know I don't know if John Stewart could come up with something like that for a moment of Zen, but there's something there. So great game all around, I think, except for Dennis. Um, you know, there's just good things to look to look forward to. If you're a fan that likes winning, then I think this was a good game for you. If you're a fan that wants to tank, I think this was a good game for you as well. You look at both of these things, both both in both ways, the Mavericks played a really you know, a good aggressive game. They were not backing down at all against the be- the team with the best record in the NBA, with the best defense in the NBA. They scored 102 points on them. That is, that's pretty impressive. It was an overtime game, yeah, but still scored a bunch of points on them. I think it was, you know, impressive. The team is getting better. They're, you know, <laughs> there's not much, not much worse they could get, but they're getting better. So this is good on both fronts. And then for the team tankers. They lost the game eventually. So it's not like, you know, the difference between this game and like a 40-point loss or whatever they lost to the to the the Timberwolves the other night, there's not much difference in the in the win and loss column. It just shows up as a one or a zero or another one in the other column. So however that works. Guys, thank you so much for listening to me ramble on Locked On Mavericks. If you guys want to uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, I think we're also on Stitcher as well. Thank you so much. Again, check out mybookie.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA if you want a 100% bonus uh, deposit bonus. And uh, follow me at Nick Van Exit. Isaac is currently right now, like literally, I, I tweeted that tonight that he was, you know, checking in from the Amazon. He is literally in the Amazon tonight. Like, Literally in the Amazon, the Amazon jungle. <laughs> he is down there. His wife is from Brazil. They went to go visit his, you know, her uh, grandparents and stuff like that. So he sent me a he sent me a picture that I am literally not allowed to post on certain places of the internet <laughs> because he is like in a jungle and he could create like he could take pictures that National Geographic would 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 blush at. So it is a it's weird time for him. He was in a hammock tonight watching the, you know, refreshing Twitter and trying to keep up with the game. But he so he is away for this week, so it's just going to be me. Uh, definitely have some guests on this week. We'll, we'll try to figure out who we can get on. And then uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Peace out. Boom. <laughs>